John, Sunday night when we're recording this, um, still feeling pretty sad. You know, the scars are still pretty, pretty there. Um, if you would have told me Saturday morning what would have happened in this game, I would have told you you're the most crazy person I've ever met in my life. Um, but it doesn't make it any better. It still hurts. It still hurts. John, John, how are we doing? It, it feels like as a K-State fan, part of K-State social media, it feels like you, you're, taking a, you're taking a hit, uh, taking a hit in a war in which, I um, mean, you know, a, a lot of the players did last night. And, you know, for the most part, for the most part that, that set a ripple effect towards the fan base. And, I mean, really, really since the ending of that game, it's just been kind of, I mean, it's just been pretty depleted for the most part. Yeah, before we get into the game recap, make sure you're following us on Twitter, ShakenBlake785, lead a review, and, you know, rating if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. We'll be live on Wildcat 91.9 this Friday, hopefully with somebody from Oklahoma State um, to preview that game. But um, if you missed it, K-State fell 38-28 to to uh, TCU um, in Fort Worth um, at a 60% capacity crowd. Um, you know, TCU scores 28 unanswered points. Um, K-State led 28 to 10 with 809 left in the second quarter. They did not score the rest of the game, which I mean, with no context, you know, it's, it's bad anyway, but if you put some context around it, it's, you know, you can kind of make some excuses, really frustrating game, John, a number of excuses can be made, whether it's injuries or penalties and they're fairly valid. But uh, I mean, just to be frank, I mean, when you're, when you're up 18 with eight minutes to go in the sec in the second quarter, you know, you, you should win that game, especially the way we were playing on both sides of the ball um, going into that. We couldn't make a tackle to save our lives. And that, I think that's a lot of that's just credit to TCU. Their offense is just bonkers. Sons of explosive plays some Darius Davis, Kendra Miller, Max Duggan is a sneaky good runner that he's, mm-hmm. he's so slippery and you miss two field goals. You know, you fail a quarterback sneak on fourth and one, you miss a TD throw late in the game. Like it's just, I mean, this game was very winnable, John, even with everything that happened, all the injuries on the defense, Adrian Martinez going down, hell Will Howard going down, Deuce Vaughn getting banged up, Ben Sinnott being injured. I mean, John, thank God we didn't have any injuries to our already pretty thin offensive line or it just would have been like literally the worst case scenario, but we still put up a really good fight. We almost beat the best team in the Big 12. We probably should have beat them, you know, given the lead we had. Um, they're the best offense in the Big 12. Um, you know, I'd imagine, you know, based on what you see from TCU's schedule the rest of the way, I think they really only have Texas as their big competition left. Um, so they could easily run the table and just, you know, secure their spot in Arlington already. Um, we still control our own or destiny to make it to the Big 12 championship game. And I mean, I think you just gotta, <laughs> you just gotta put in a good week of preparation to get healthy for playing number nine, Oklahoma state at home in front of some fans who are looking for some redemption. And hitting into this game for TC uh, against TCU, you would have thought with all the bye weeks and the, how rested up the players were, things would have been fine when it comes to a more healthier perspective, but I mean, not necessarily. I mean, we just saw players danged up for the most part. I mean, that. I mean, that's going really going to be the excuse that's going to be thrown out there the most. I mean, have. I mean, at this point, halfway through the season, you're going to anticipate an injury or two that's probably going to be really daunting for your team. But 
you know, the best you can do is play football. And really, K-State gave all they could in, in Fort Worth, regardless of how of the amount of misuses that they had, whether it was um, kind of a poor coaching management, in which I'll kind of get, throw a little bit of tangent on that uh, if we get the chance to. Um, I don't know. There, there were a few miss, missed calls when it, uh, when it comes to holding uh, as well. But, um, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to TCU. Max Duggan, Kendra Miller, Quentin Johnson, they did not get phased by their double-digit deficits um, for the second half. And, of course, for the second week in a row, they just, they're just able to find some way to come back and win, remaining undefeated. I mean, Duggan just absolutely went up 280 yards of three touchdowns. Miller ran for 150 yards and two scores. Um, I mean, Kendra, Kendra Miller, I mean, I was always focused. My, my two headline players to really keep an eye on were Max Duggan and Quentin Johnston. Besides the big, besides the big play, I didn't really see too much from Quentin Johnson, but Kendra Miller really torched us with the run game as well. So, um, while we can point to many problems that K-State had, you gotta give your you gotta tip your hat to Sonny Dykes and TCU. They came in ready. Um, really, really a, a and a, and again a, a potential letdown situation in which you were coming off of a big win over Oklahoma State. And they just found some way to capitalize off of K-State's mistakes late and they're still remaining undefeated. I mean, John, is that is that a coincidence? That TC or did TCU's injured Dylan Gabriel, Jalen Daniels, Spencer Sanders a little bit, and oh and you know Adrian Martinez and, and Will Howard. Howard. Honestly, yeah. it kind of is. I mean, I think it is. I don't know. The hit on Jalen Daniels wasn't that dirty. It's not. It was just. It's a normal tackle. The only one that's inexcusable is the Dylan Gabriel one. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not. That should not be part of the game of football. And he got punished for it. He got ejected from the game. So, I don't know. You know, good teams get lucky. You know, TCU's just, they've been able to not make mistakes and stay healthy and it's worked out for them really well. So, um, and we can talk about more in some of the stats here in a little bit, but let's talk about the good of this game, which, you know, kind of came in the first half. Um, we can kind of just walk through the game a little bit and give our thoughts as we were watching this from Tanner's outside, which we lost at Tanner's for the first time. That's another big thing to note. Um, we weren't well, inside in our lucky spot, so we still have an ace up our uh, sleeve, but we're, uh, 4-0 inside watching cuts. <laughs> yeah, we're 4-0 so inside. At a restaurant in Aggieville. Yeah, I just I'd like to apologize on behalf of everybody. That's you know, that's my bad. You know, I, I thought I had a good scattering report on Tanner's, but I was just misled. Wasn't enough room. We just we just didn't go out there and execute, John. And right. we got to get a good week of preparation, you know, for our next road game. And we'll we'll be ready next time. So Anyway, so still, still got plenty of time too. We got we got like two to three weeks before we make the trip to Waco. So oh yeah, uh, we yeah. got plenty of time. We got plenty of time to figure that all out. Yeah, let's talk about this first half a little bit here when things were going a little bit better. Um, you know, first drive, pretty good Martinez run, but then can't convert on the third and three, and we punt. TCU scores on a sixty-five yard Darius Davis touchdown. Worst case scenario, we've been getting off to pretty early, uh, good starts early on in games. Not in this case. But, John, when all hope was lost, well, not really, because it was like 13 minutes left in the first quarter, but <laughs> an angelic figure appears on our television screens, one we haven't seen in amidst quite some time. Right. William, I don't know his middle name, but William King Howard. King William. King William, Willie Heisman, 
graces us with his effortless, oh free-flowing, avant-garde, beautiful, whatever else you want to – oh, I should probably got my thesaurus out. Beautiful football. We score on four straight drives, John. Will Howard throwing a passing touchdown on three of them. I just – my jaw was on the floor. I, I couldn't – I just couldn't help but laugh the entire time. It was just so unbelievable. Even the biggest Will Howard stands could not have seen this coming. It's the best performance Will Howard has had in his career. Um, and, John, it's tough to say between the first half of this game and when Illinois lost the first round of the Big Ten tournament, when we were we were trying to get Brad Underwood and everybody was, like, yeah, pretending to be Illinois fans, like, <laughs> crapping on him to try and get him fired. I don't know. If it's between those two of what peak K-State Twitter has been in recent history. But there were some, there were some great memes on Twitter during that time. Oh my gosh. I recall the, the big dog, little dog, man, comparing to Will Howard's, but oh my gosh. I mean, if there's one major positive to take away from this, from my eyes, it was Will Howard. I thought he played the best game of his career. Uh, he ran for 14 yards on the first play. He completed his first seven passes for 156 yards. <laughs> He, I mean, he finished 13 of 20 for 225 yards. I mean, that's insane. Um, of course, he left a little bit uh, briefly in the game. He came back, and then TCU pretty much took the advantage defensively. But, man, the, if we can get a first half like that with Will Howard, um, I feel a lot more better when it comes to our quarterback present, uh, situation in the near future because, um, you know, Everybody was really putting into consideration what's going to happen with when Scour Thompson's gone. Well, we bring in Adrian Martinez to pretty much fill in the puzzle. Well, he's going to be gone next year. You got three options with Will Howard, Jake Rubley, and Avery Johnson. Maybe Adrian Lahr to a lesser extent as well. Um, and I, I was worried. Like I, I was not sure if K State was able was able to really pull pull so much development out of those quarterbacks that they were able to really, I, I don't know, but the way we've seen Will Howard play over the past two years, it's just really been disappointing. But last night, I mean, you, you said it, uh, uh, everybody's jaws dropped. And we, we were with Ace of the Aggieville Alley Cats. I mean, he was the biggest Will Howard stand. Um, I mean, I mean, he, I mean, he was acting as if, like, okay, Will Howard's the greatest. He's going to win the Heisman without a doubt. I know without a doubt, in his mind, his brain was on fire after after the first touchdown. <laughs> I mean, it was – I mean, not everybody – well, I mean, us three on the table, we were just going absolutely crazy after seeing the way uh, Will Howard performed yesterday. So, I mean, that was great to see. Um, hopefully we get enough. I, I just want to see a little more action uh, play time from him. Maybe we'll get to see him against Oklahoma state, but um, nonetheless, this was really, uh, this was a statement game for his six. Yeah. I, I guess you bring up, you know, what the possibility, what the status of Adrian Martinez is for next week. As we're recording this, there are no updates on anybody's status for next week. You know, notably Daniel green, Adrian Martin. I mean, even Will Howard, you know, they said they were going to get his left shoulder looked at. Um, and we'll know, you know, later on as the game gets on, um, you know, Josh Hayes was hurt. Julius Brents was hurt for a little bit too. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody else. There were so many uh, injuries. I, I mean, I got, 
I, I got I, I can pull up the list. If you yeah, want we it. can, we can get to that um, in a little bit, but anyway, I mean, we just ball out our defense gets stops. Um, we, you know, we are to hold them to a field goal on the next one. So it's seven, 10 and we just keep on scoring. TCU keeps on punting. You know, I, like I mentioned um, to start the show, we go up 28, 10, eight Oh nine left in the second quarter. And then things kind of start to turn towards TCU's way. We go three and out on, we get really good field position, but we go three and out. We pin them inside the 10, which is good. But Kendra Miller just immediately, that dude is so fast, slow, slippery. Um, I can just imagine, I know my mom's listening to this. I'm sure the entire, this entire game, she's just screaming, get him, get him, get him. And we never got him because he's a, he's a ball. He's a baller. So our test, Tim Brando would put it, you know, I know this is really cliche, John, but you know, he's just a football player. Um, Cause Tim Brando sucks. Uh, he said that about Max Duggan, but uh, it doesn't matter. He's, he's, and like he, and, and, and he had to like fully prove to himself that he was capable of <laughs> Like Sandy Deke Uzama, like like he's never heard of it before. Like, come on, dude. Like, you, you shouldn't. I mean, you should not be like presenting it like in the most biggest way possible. Like, you should just hit it on the run and, dude. It's Tim Brando, man. That's like, how he is with everybody. Uh, I mean, it sounds like he's like, you know, he just looks at his spotting chart, and that's number. You know, that's DJ Giddens, uh, number thirty-one. Over there, it's like, uh, like you don't have to do, like you can, we can pretend like you've been there and you've actually looked at our team and, oh, and then you know, Ace, Ace was the one who caught it. That um, was he uh, talking about it? Felix? Oh. That Felix uh, was, was it Matlack? Oh, it was Matlack? He was from Olath, Kansas. <laughs> I I think that's the case. Like, I mean, I could be wrong, but oh, I mean, so, yeah, somebody's from Olath, Kansas, so that's how you Olath? say Olathe now. Oh my gosh. Anyway, oh. let's let's get back to going through this game a little bit. Um, uh, big run by Kendra Miller. Um, TCU goes down the field and scores. Um, so it's 28-17 at halftime. Still feeling pretty good. Um, you know, but TCU's getting the ball to start the second half. You know, they get the ball to start out. Um, I mean, they march down the field and score. We had our chances, though, John. Third and 17. We had third and 17 on TCU, thanks to a sack from Gavin Forche, I'm pretty sure. Um, mm-hmm. Kendrick Miller's screenplay just gets through a bunch of tackles. Nick Allen is like the best angle. But, I mean, it's Kendrick Miller's just so good. I mean, I'll, he's he's got to be up there now with – there's so many great running backs in the Big 12. But with your Bijans and your Deuce Vaughns, and he's, he's definitely up there with one of the best running backs in the Big 12. But we you know we get them to fourth and one on um, the two yard line, but they are to punch it in for a touchdown. So it's a one score game. Um, you know you're feeling pretty nervous because, but you need to get some going offensively, and we kind of do. I mean, we will get the ball back. Yeah. You know, Deuce has a big run. He talks some trash, runs outside for a couple yards. You know, we get third and eleven, but he gets a good matchup against the linebacker. He gets outside, um, gets a first down. We're on like our own twenty seven yard line. You know, we run a third down play, but we, we were just short fourth and one, but Will Howard goes down, which is that was, uh, that was the play where he got dinged up. Yeah, he goes yeah. down, which is, I mean, it sucks anyway, obviously having your backup quarterback go down, but on fourth and one, I mean, Chris Kleiman said in the post-game press comments, they were, we we're going to go for it. If Will Howard was healthy, we just quarterback sneak that in. You'd imagine we get it. Um, and you know, does that mean we score immediately score a touchdown? No. I mean, maybe we get a better position for a field goal. Um, or maybe we, I don't, it, you know, it, we, we were able to get in better position for a field goal, maybe score a touchdown, get some sort of positive momentum going, but instead Howard's Howard is hurt. We don't go for it on fourth and one. We kick a 44 yard field goal and miss it. 
which was, I mean, just totally, I think totally turned the tide of the game. TC. Go ahead. And worst part, like, I mean, Vela tenant kick a, what, what was it? Oh, I'm trying to look at, I'm trying to look at where it was, but um, I mean, K-State had every opportunity right there, but to go on that fourth down, even with Jake Rubley into the game, uh, instead you go up a 44 yard field goal attempt and the win played a massive factor tonight. I mean, when you were going from South to North, like the wind was pushing North, like the ball was going to go far, but uh, K-State was, I mean, 10 and out to battle had to really fight through the, uh, the wind right there and it just didn't work out. I mean, that was just, I, I mean, that was not really the best decision. I mean, I would have been fine going for it on fourth down, taking a risk. Um, really? With Jake Rubley, the first cold as hell? Well, not cold, but I mean, he was really warm, but you mean like he's not warmed up? Just throw him in on fourth and one? I think Kleiman made the right well, decision. I, I, I think, I mean, you can, you can make the case that he made the right decision. But with the way we've seen from Chris Tennant over the past, I mean, over over this season, I like was that, no, that's totally that's totally recency bias, John. I mean, he made the game. I know he missed the field one field against Iowa State, but he made the game winning field goal. And I mean, like, I'm not going to put Jake Rublin on fourth and one for like this first down of Power Five football. And I think the offense that's just a, I don't know. I like the decision to just kick the field goal and kind of just concede. I know the numbers would tell you to go for it, but I don't like putting Rubley in a spot like that. I, I think, you know, if he made the field goal, I don't think it would, we'd think it's a bad choice. So, but again, just, but again, here's the problem. They didn't put the, they didn't put the elements into consideration. Uh, yeah. I mean, TCU's kicker. I don't know if he was kicking into the wind, but he made a 40 yard field goal. Um, he was, but, he was, he had, he had the wind with him, I believe. Okay. But so. I mean, like, but that didn't matter. I mean, I, the world wind was kind of swirling. It's not like it was just straight, but I mean, Tennant had the distance. He wasn't short. He just missed it to the wide, right. But uh, anyway, um, so what it's, it's 31, 28, we missed a field goal. And then if things couldn't get any worse, Julius Brands, you know, tweaks his hammy um, going one-on-one with Quentin Johnson. He's wide open for a big touchdown. Now it's 38, 28. And we're getting the ball back and our third string quarterback is in. So it's, I mean, like we are completely dead silent. All hope is pretty much lost. And and the the first first throw we had was an an interception, really. Yeah. We run the ball a couple times and then he has first throws a pick. I mean, I guess I respect the confidence to try and make a throw across the field. It looks like, you know, he's got a Rublin's got a good arm and a nice throw, but yeah. that's a tough throw to make across the field, like really good coverage. He had to put way more loft on it. Probably shouldn't have made that throw anyway. You know, I don't know if he was feeling the pressure himself, but I mean, we hold TCU. I believe we hold TCU to a field goal. Um, after that, I'm trying to find what, yeah. Um, oh, I'm sorry. It was, uh, I believe, jeez, uh, uh, let me see. Um, oh, they stopped. Oh, yeah, we stopped down. Max Duggan on that fourth and one. My bad. Yeah, right, sorry, yeah. I got to. Yeah, so we had a, f- a huge fourth and one stop. And then, so we get the ball back. It still kind of feels pretty bad because we just, after everything that we saw from Jake Rooley on those two plays, we get to fourth and one on around 30. We decide to go for it. Um, 
Yeah, this is another t- a close one. Whether or not you want to go for it, I think it either way makes sense. Whether you punt or go for it, I mean, you know, I think all of us know that you know most of the time, if you had run a quarterback sneak, you'd get it. But TCU was ready for it. I don't think Gillum and Panzer got a great push. Um, so that's another tough one because you just there's just we had absolutely no momentum. We were really desperate in a two score game. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I don't know how you feel, John. I would lean towards punting it because I think I would have towards punting it as well. Because I don't think Rubley's going to make a hero play to win us the game. I think we need our defense to force a turnover to flip the field or just, you know, special teams doing something, muffing a punt. We need to do something like that to get back into the game. I don't think we're going to just air raid with Jake Rubley and turn it, you know, make it a game. And, so I would have gone towards punting it on that fourth and, and one. Yeah, I, I think you I think you pointed it out. I mean, we, we talked about it all year. This team could take a punt or two and let the defense do its magic. I mean, re- regardless of the injuries, we I mean, we've seen so many injuries play out, but we've seen second string players come in and play like it's really no no big deal at all. I mean, they it's 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 like we always point out, but Ben don't break defense. They'll be pushed around, but they'll make the bigger stops when they need to. So if you pin them, if you pin TCU all the way back down there, they'd still have a lot of field to work with. I mean, of course, we're going to have, they were probably going to light us up with Kondre Mettler and Quentin Johnson, all the likes of that. But um, man, that I mean, that was, I agree with you. That, that was definitely probably the one where you should have probably punted it away. But, um, you, you know, I, I, kind of like what you said when you're in desperation mode mode you sometimes have to take um some bigger risk in order to um keep keep yourselves in the game and which maybe you could have said the same thing for the pump but i, I don't know it, it was it was just bad timing for for everybody yeah i mean overall it's just it's just a lose-lose situation no matter what you do because you're with your third string quarterback and your defense is kind of on the reels right now but um, I actually corrected here. So this is when K, uh, TCU scores the touchdown to make it a, a two-score game with uh, 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. But mm-hmm. um, our hero, Will Howard, somehow makes it back yeah, onto the field. Really he kind of balls out. Um, you know, we convert a fourth and 12. You know, or I'm sorry, that was a, a different drive. But we go down and, um, you know, but I think this is – It was a – it was a turn – it was a – what everybody thought to be an interception, but I believe it was overturned. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and then and then I think one play later, Howard found Brooks for the twenty-two yard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I was just getting my drives. I wasn't sure if that was on a different drive, but yeah. So we go to we convert that fourth and twelve. Um, after the pick gets overturned, and then I mean a really big missed opportunity here, John. Uh, my goodness third i believe uh third and nine we had a wide open Cade warner for a touchdown on a little post route howard just overthrows him just by a little bit goes off of one hand to Cade warner i mean if we're looking at a 35 38 game this that is completely different if we can put a touchdown on the board give our defense some hope i mean that would have absolutely changed all you know the entire you know, um, facet of the game. There's still eight minutes left. There's still plenty of time. I mean, even if we make the field goal, it's a one score game. Um, but none of that came to fruition. Warner dropped, you know, we didn't make the touchdown pass. Chris Tennant missed a 40 yard field goal. Off the uprights. Off the uprights. Um, 
you know, TCU runs a bunch of clock. They end up punting it. Howard throws a pick on his first play, which is, you know, it is what it is. He was just trying to force something. Um, you know, TC runs out the clock again, the final 38, 28. I mean, it's just, this game is, I, I called it the what if game on Twitter, just cause I mean, there's so no, many injuries and it's, it's just so hard to tell what would have happened if we had even, you know, half the guys stay healthy, especially Daniel green. You know, I think Daniel green came out immediately, you know, when he went down and that's, that's such a huge loss for this defense. And I mean, we didn't even, uh, we didn't even mention it. I mean, Khalid Duke got called for targeting, which mm-hmm. I could, un- I can, I can kind of understand it. It, I don't know. It seemed a little light, but it, I understand why they called it targeting. And so he'll be out for the first half of Oklahoma state, which is a huge loss. So um, it's just every, everybody's just kind of holding their breath right now um, to see, you know, if we can just get ourselves healthy for a really big Oklahoma state game, because again, we still control our own destiny. That was, it was our first loss in conference play and it was to the best team in the big 12. Right. So, I mean, we've still got two tough tests ahead, but if we can somehow, you know, beat Oklahoma state, um, that'll definitely put us in a really right direction. You know, if we, you know, Texas, ideally we'd win that game, but those last three games, you know, Baylor, West Virginia, K, you, you got to win those out if you want to make it to Arlington. Oh man, I mean, some of the upper names you 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 could probably mention as well. Desmond Purnell went out, I and mean, then Nate Matlack was also very limited as well. So, um, just just even, a few more. Even man. Felix got banged up in the middle of the game. Felix got banged up as well. Um, oh man, my gosh. Um, I mean, you you pray for hopefully the best outcome when it comes to the injury update. I mean, we'll 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 get some more when we hear from uh, Coach Kleiman on Tuesday. Um, regards to the the uh, situation and yeah yeah in regards to that um but but the good thing about k-state having a an unbeaten record three and home of 12 previously is that you were able to take a loss and maybe two at this point considering how big how how pretty much everybody can beat everybody up this year in the big 12 um i mean it's just absolutely crazy uh to see I mean, as a K State fan, like the the injury the injury curse just continues to haunt us, possibly at the worst times. Uh, I mean, the, the the loss, especially of Daniel Green. I mean, I thought that might have really, I thought that re- really might have been the um, the straw that broke the camel's back when it came to K State's defense because TCU really uh, just took advantage with a run game uh, uh, late, and you know you're you're going to deal with some, but maybe to a lesser, oh, man, I cannot talk today. It's just how it be, you know, but um, you're dealing with maybe to a lesser extent of running QB and Spencer Sanders, um, but they're going to, they're going to just completely, uh, they're going to try and aerate a lot of, a lot of balls as a yeah, man, a lot of passes as well. So I don't know. I mean, K-State definitely controls its destiny, but you know, the game against Oklahoma State, that's going to be really to prove, all right, K-State still has a strong shot to go to Arlington. You're feeling really good if you're able to beat Oklahoma State because um, then you're dealing with tech, with possibly the next biggest team, Texas at home, in which Oklahoma State already beat. And then you're playing against three other teams that are manageable to beat, and we'll see if West Virginia is able to 
muster anything else um, with Neil Brown because uh, they they might be in some trouble late in the season as well. But I I don't know. I mean, it just looked like it, it was like a it's just like a big gut punch as K State fans with just possibly the worst case scenario arriving uh, on your front door, and it just it just happened to play out that way. But I mean. I, I don't know if there's really much else to say, except you just got to play ball. I mean, I feel like if we had just lost 38-28 in like a more normal way, it wouldn't have hurt as bad. But the fact we're up 28-10 with our backup quarterback and then all these injuries happen and we go to our third string quarterback for two drives and then we end up throwing an 18-point lead and they score 28 unanswered points and we don't score for, you know, two quarter, two and a half quarters, that hurts. But um, I mean, I think, you know, when you really think about the fact that to start the second half, you know, we drove down the field and we would have gone for it on fourth and one if Will Howard was healthy, but we kick a field goal and miss it. And then we have two drives with Rubley, you know, turnover and then turnover on downs. And then we get Will Howard back and we drive down the field, miss another field goal. I mean, there's a ton of missed opportunities there. It's I mean, it's crazy to think about what if Will Howard hadn't gone down. It was able to, you know, those two drives where you have pick turnover on downs. What could have happened there? Cause we were still driving. We're still driving on this TCU defense. We were still able to find open, open receivers. Um, I mean, the thing that's really weird is like, it felt like, it felt like last year when we had a few games with Will Howard in like our, our playbook just got way simpler, but it felt like this year, Will Howard comes in, we like open up the playbook and we're like calling Cliff Kingsbury and we're like, yeah, could we let's do some five wide, like air raid stuff. And he can just float it into the middle of the zones like, and then like Cade Warner's just making one-handed grabs over receivers. Like what? This is not the case state I was expecting. I thought we were going to rush for 250, you know, just kind of like methodically score some points, but if we, if we could just air it out and, you know, get some, a couple, you know, just get a 55 yard run from Deuce Vaughn. I mean, this team could still, you know, light it up offensively. We get a lot of flack for our numbers aren't great on our offense, but we're explosive. We got some dudes, even with our backup quarterback, we can light it up. What if, I mean, try telling us before the season you'd be heading into a matchup against TCU, and the first thing you'd say is, all right, Will Howard's going to lead a K-State <laughs> offense going completely air raid. Like, that would be – that'd be, like, the exact opposite of what K-State fans are thinking. And it's like, I mean, you probably – I mean, they'd probably reply with, like, how much, how much have you been smoking lately, but – I mean, if you explain this entire season in the Big 12 to like a Big 12 fan, they would they're gonna be like, okay, so KU is gonna start out five and oh, they're gonna get ranked, <laughs> and and K State's yeah. gonna lose to Tulane, and then they're gonna go beat OU on the road, and oh yeah, OU's trash, and so is Baylor, and they're near the bottom of the Big 12, <laughs> and TC with their first year head coach and technically kind of backup quarterback with Max Duggan, although it's pretty equal between them and Chandler Morris, but they're going to light it up and be first place in the big 12. I mean, just absolute bonkers through all 10 teams. I mean, of course, pretty similar to the 2009 season. KU is just going to KU themselves and go. Oh, yeah. Seven. And yep. then on top of that, the worst team, I mean, comically is Iowa state. Uh, so I don't know. Lesser, that, that was all to a lesser extent, but, the problem that I have with K-State and, and some of these games, like, you know, K-State, we've seen this during the Oklahoma game and the Texas Tech game where K-State's able to pull off some explosive plays, especially when we see Adrian Martinez and with Will Howard last night, just throw, just throw things deep and let it rip at times. But 
um i'm i mean i i i I always kind of call this out at, at times but but the conservative play calls are starting to become a little bit too common um midway through the second like mid like late in the second quarter and early on in the third quarter is just like really when like that that really that's really taken into effect i mean K-State really went away from be just being aggressive uh, with, ha- with having an attacking offense um, that Will Howard has effectively managed for 10 minutes. And really, K-State just dialed it back. I mean, it, for most for most possessions, we always saw a run up the middle with Deuce Vaughn on first and 10, second and 10, or like second and eight. Uh, and then that's when you throw it. I mean, you got to take – you got to add more chances on there. I mean uh, – I mean, I I understand there, there's a there's a big possibility p- big possibility with uh, more injuries at risk, and maybe that's maybe that's to a, uh, a a degree on why we decide to play a little more cautionary. But I mean, K State's at its best when they want to go full on br- bring everybody into the house of fire and just let it rip. I mean, because. I mean that. I mean that. That's as simple as it could be. What K State, K State fully is at its best offensively when they're wanting to take more risk and not playing too lightly. I mean we saw this in the two lane game. K State was way too cautionary. We saw this um, during the Texas Tech game in the second quarter. K State wasn't generating anything, and may, maybe you can make the case with Iowa State as well. But Iowa State, great defense. And then, and then we just saw the TCU game last night. So that's that's probably another thing I'd like to point out as well. Yeah, I mean, especially when you, you know, you don't score. And I mean, the third quarter, like, woes have just been there for multiple years. And it's so frustrating to, you know, you go into halftime 28-17. I mean, John, we've been K-State fans for too long to know that that lead's not going to last. I was nope. thinking we'd win the game similar to Oklahoma and like a 41-34 type thing where, you know, we're kind of, TCU is coming back, but we're holding our ground and we're kind of just, you know, fighting it out until the end, but we can't ever just put our foot on the gas and just end the game. I can't tell you the last time I've seen us in the second half with a lead, try to take a shot or do anything like too explosive or run any sort of deep concept stuff. We don't do any of that. We run the ball. Like you mentioned it, we run the ball in first second down. Then we can do these third longs that are, you know, we're behind the chains by a bunch. So we throw it and we can't ever get there. And it's really frustrating. I think, I will say this. I think this game, it's a little more justified with what happens with Jake Rubley and the fact we are driving the ball down the field. We just end up missing two field goals, which basically means the drives are, you, in hindsight, the drives were just bust. But we did have productive offense in the second half. We, uh, we made adjustments, but it's, uh, I mean, we can't, ever, we can't ever just finish a game easy. We just have to give K-State fans heart attacks. And TCU in the second half. I mean, they they were they had to make some adjustments in the second half defensively. I mean, they got after um, they got after Vaughn. They got after Howard. They got all they got after all the wide receivers as well. I mean, they were just. I mean, they they looked much improved in the second half. And kind of going back to your point, even when K State's up, even even when K State's up by a larger margin, like by a large margin, I should say. Um, I mean, in the games like South Dakota and Missouri, I mean, given Missouri has all the elements aside, um, like even in the big games, K-State's leading, like you're not seeing case, you're not even seeing Adrian Martinez or Will Howard. I mean, even take some more chances to to increase K-State's lead. 
I mean, it's just always been, it's just always been run up the middle or over jet sweeps. It's just stuff like that. I mean, like we were, it didn't look as if we might, we wouldn't have a problem like this during the LSU game last season, but, um, you know, it, it is, it is what it is, but that's all I can say on that. Yeah. I mean, one other thing I mentioned it in our show on Friday that I thought turnovers would be a big key since, I mean, we had two of them. One of them was kind of just, we're forcing stuff at the end and, you know, that's just one end of the game, but obviously the Rubley pick, you know, made a huge difference in a three, you know, a three point game. Um, you know, I, then that was, you know, one of the things that kind of, you know, turned the, t- you know, turned the tide even more for TCU. Um, John, I mean, like, where do we go from here? It's tough to get a read on or have too many strong takeaways from this game, given all the injuries that happened, but we just got to finish games. I mean, you know, I think Chris Kleiman and, you know, Will Howard, they all handled the press conference really well. You know, oh, they yeah. didn't take the injuries weren't an excuse, you know, Deuce Vaughn asked about scoring a touchdown. He's like, we lost the game. You know, mm-hmm. and Will Howard handled himself really well. I mean, it's probably tempting just to be like, dude, yeah, I just went out there and balled. But he's like, you know, I went out there, you know, we lost the game. So, I, you know, I could have done more. Um, but it's it's really frustrating. I know this team is still really good. And uh, I know Tim Brando sucks. So, um, those and, are my takeaways. And, and like you said, Will Howard, Deuce Vaughn, they'll, they will, I mean, they'll take a tip or get and so will Chris Kleiman. Like, they're not going to. They're not going to look at some of all some of the other distractions on why they lost. They're just going to really focus on themselves, and I think that's really good when you're pointing out the problems uh, for your own sakes and you're figuring out how can you improve on that. And then on top of that, you have Eli Huggins coming out saying, "Well, this is an incredibly tough league," and really, I mean, it, it's been an it's been an absolute gauntlet. I mean, I mean, we make this we make this case with every sport in the Big Twelve. Um, but, foot, but, but football here is just absolutely crazy. Um, but he still has hopes, aspirations, um, and he knows that K-State, and, and we all know that K-State still has um, some sort of destiny they're able to control, and really it helps. You get Oklahoma State and Texas, but the top two teams uh, alongside K-State behind TCU, you get them in Manhattan in consecutive weeks. That's going to be beneficial but at the same time you got to worry about the i mean it's it's pretty much the the health that's going to be really the the determining factor because i mean like k-state always gets gets but worse like when it comes to the injury bugs and the tcu game just really had to fully indicate just like oh like what can we not have one game can we have not have one game in which we get one of our key players injured and then they just, and then the injury bug just brings on down. So in terms of health, I mean, I, I, I'm going to look at that specifically first, seeing what coach has to say on Tuesday and we'll see how we go from there because that, because some of those concerns may ultimately lead lead and it lead into a lot of factors into the Oklahoma state game as well. Yeah, and um, I mean, Derek Young from On3 has kind of reported that the main three that are actually concerns for whether or not they're going to play on Saturday are Adrian Martinez, Daniel Green, and Will Howard. So Will Howard, obviously, is just going to get his left shoulder checked out. You'd imagine he'd be able to play, but I mean, it's, you know, we'll see what happens there. You know, who knows what happens with Adrian Martinez? What happened, John? I just saw on Twitter, Josh Pate is going to Manhattan. You Um, know, like Josh Pate? Josh Pate, who's that? 
uh, oh, it, it's it's uh, it's it's one of a bigger podcast. Uh, I think CBS helps out with it or something like that. You know, you, you, have you ever seen the light light kick with Josh Pate? Or I don't uh, think so. Uh, you you should check it out. But um, but he like he'll he'll travel to a lot of stadium. Like it, it's kind of like the miniature version of College Game Day. But oh, I've seen his YouTube videos. Yeah, he did, yeah he yeah he's stuff. yeah he's coming to Manhattan. Okay. He's coming to Manhattan this Saturday. So that's nice. why I, like. Like for those who are listening, I just I just threw up the fist pump. Uh, that that was the reason why. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I just, I was like, oh, what's happening? But so uh, <laughs> it, it's it's dang. I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, no, you're it, good. No, I mean this is going to be a big game in terms of Big Twelve championship implications. If K State won on won against TCU, it would have been a little more higher when it came to the when it came to all the pressure, because in all likelihood, college game day was going to come to Manhattan, but uh, that didn't work out. But nonetheless, you still got a big game nationally televised. Um, it, it's homecoming as well. It, I mean, it, it, every every homecoming game is is, is big for K State. So, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, it'll be important. It, it was announced um, that it'll be two thirty p.m. on Fox. So. God, thank God it was an 11 a.m. I could not do it. I could not do. I couldn't do a third 6:30 a.m. crew call. So thank you so much for 2:30 p.m. We'll take it. We'll take it on Fox. Um, and then K State drops to number 22 in the AP poll. And then I don't know. We'll see what happens with the CFP rankings that come out on Tuesday. It's not really that relevant. Is so it, it, it's coming out on Tuesday, huh? Is it, yeah, I think so. Okay. I thought this yeah. was. The, is this the first weeks of the college football rankings? I had, football playoff rankings. Uh, I had no idea. It might be coming out. We talked about this last night, or I, at least I did with Ace. I didn't see. I didn't. I didn't see that. I mean, you imagine week eight they start doing it because there's only like four or five more games. So the rank. So the rankings come out on November first. So that's next Tuesday. Oh, that is okay. That's next Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's after the Oklahoma State game. Okay, well, yeah, then that'll be interesting to see where we go from there. So, got to get healthy. Just got to put it past us, get a good week of prep for a really big game at home. You mentioned it's homecoming against Oklahoma State. So, uh, we'll be able there to preview it um, Friday night on Wildcat 91.9 at 6 p.m. So, be there for that. Um, for now, we'll take a quick break, do some K-State soccer and volleyball, and talk about the other games around the Big 12. And we're back, John, here to talk K-State soccer, volleyball, go around the Big 12 here. Let's start with soccer. Um, Big old Sunflower Showdown uh, last Friday night at Boozer Family Park. Ended in a tie, one-to-one. You know, Kaylee Thornhill, red hot right now, scored in the last two matches. um, Mm -hmm. Found the back of that and across from Kyler Goins. KU tied it up in the 51st minute and stayed that way until the final whistle. Um, so you get a result, um, definitely better than a loss. Um, you know, you, but this next game against West Virginia is going to be extremely pivotal, um, in deciding whether or not K-State will make the big 12 tournament. Can I just say in terms of a sunflower showdown, that there should be no ties allowed. <laughs> I mean, come on now, but this is a, this is a right. This is an in-state rivalry and, in the, best case scenario for two tied up teams is to call it a draw like like come on now but a- anyways um classic great, american cl- classic freaking americans <laughs> um anyways 
K-State looked really good early on in the first half. Um, Kyler Goins gathered possession on the right side of a KU 18-yard line, um, crossed the ball to the, what is it, the six-yard box with her left foot, and she found Kaylee Thornhill and really capitalized off the goal. Uh, off the goal, mainly because KU's defense just completely choked, um, like they always do. But you know, it's it's how it's how it is. Um, yeah, defense. Def- there's no defense in Lawrence. Ever. No defense, non-existent. Um, but KU eventually responded back um, midway through the second half. So, um, you know, it, it was a one-one tie. Uh, what was it? I think KU notched notched an eleven-one advantage on corner kicks. Uh, let me say, I think KU also held uh, a 21 to five advantage in total shots as well. So really KU's offense was, was really the pivotal point throughout the rest of the game. They were just not able to find, find more than one goal to, to score on. But, you know, um, a tie is better than a loss. Um, I thought, I thought after that game, I was going to uh, like fully uh, guarantee K-State's bottom of the championship, but um, looks like K State's going to have to do it. Uh, this, uh, what is it? Is it this Thursday at West Virginia? I think it's this Thursday. I believe it's Friday. I feel it. Uh, okay. Uh, well, here, you know what, John? I'll just fact check you right now. That's the twenty uh, seventh, which might be a Thursday. Okay. Yeah, I think it is Thursday. I'm thinking yeah. of a different home game. There's a home. Yeah, t- volleyball's playing on Friday. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, but let's get let's talk about the important stuff here because K State's right now in seventh place. They're at eight points. Mm-hmm. Um, Baylor and Kansas, actually, I think Baylor's the only one since um, if they tied, uh, K State would have. Actually, I don't know who would have the tiebreaker. We just need KU is um, in their last game is playing Iowa State, who is the worst team. Um, they actually haven't gotten a win this season, so we need we need KU to not win, and Baylor who has six points again, K-State has eight is playing Oklahoma state at home and Oklahoma state is like about um, in fifth place. So we need both of them to not win in us to, uh, if they both don't win, then we guarantee a spot in the big 12 tournament. Um, If Baylor wins, we need to tie against West Virginia because then we'll be tied at nine points and we'll have the tiebreaker. I'd imagine we'll have the tiebreaker because we beat Baylor. So, yeah. or unless they do goal differential for, I don't know how exactly they do it, but you'd imagine if we want, if we'd beaten Baylor, we'd go to that tiebreaker, but who knows? Who's um, Baylor, who's, pay, who's Baylor playing this week? Oklahoma state, Oklahoma state. Okay. So um, they'll be battle tested for sure, but yeah, a lot of factors to go into play, but if K-State can do their part, if they just beat West Virginia, then I mean, that'll just make things a lot easier for them and they'll secure their spot. So yeah. It definitely, I mean, this season especially doesn't make it. I mean, but the tie break, the ties are not going to make things easier when it comes to a standings perspective. Yeah. So that'll be a, a big game for them. Uh, let's move on to volleyball. John uh, played uh, this Saturday um, before the K State game against number 14 Baylor. Man, I mean, they really? played well, put up a really? good fight. You know, one in extra points on 30 to 28 in the first set, lost the second set in extra points. Ended up falling to 14th ranked Baylor, three sets to one. All the sets were decided within two points. Um, you know, Lauren Hinkle gets her 100th career ace, I believe on her first try too. Um, yep. They played really, really well, but you got to play great to beat a team like Baylor. 
I mean, Baylor has been really, um, I mean, besides, besides Texas, Baylor has really been the, the, um, the class of a big 12, um, grew up the past, past four to five years. And, um, they've, they've done a great job down there. Um, a little bit disappointed, um, just with some of the close results that K-State's been, that's not been able to capitalize. Um, the first set K-State played like phenomenal, just a lot of great rallies and a lot of big points that K-State was able to win. Um, the result part was hard to swallow a little bit, but, um, I'd say probably the good news. I mean, like looking back at some of the other matches that we've seen from them, I thought, I thought like seeing in, seeing this team in person, I thought they were more competitive. I thought they were a lot more consistent. I thought they were just a lot more focused than what we've seen. Yeah. And they, I mean, they didn't have to go to five sets this time. So unfortunately, but they weren't able to force a fifth set sit seventh in the big 12 standings right now at three and five. Um, so, and then they've got Texas next, um, this Friday at home in Bramlage, Texas, who just recently lost to Iowa state. So, you know, gods can bleed beat West Virginia, Morgantown, uh, yesterday by the time we're recording this. So, um, Texas probably won't be number one. Um, so I, I, I mean, tech, K-State has not beaten Texas since 2003 or 2005. It's one of those Seriously? two years. Holy cow. Yeah, I mean, Texas has just completely run ran the Big 12 throughout the past few years. So um, it's going to be a big match. And thankfully, it's scheduled on Friday because uh, I don't know if it would have been a better time to schedule it um, with uh, with tomorrow's – I mean, with, uh, with a football game on the next day. So um, hopefully everybody is able to show up uh, on homecoming weekend. It's going to be a big match for K-State. I mean, I mean, especially when you're welcoming in a perennial power uh, in Texas. But um, I think I think Mackenzie Morris as well. She had a great great day as well. I'll shout her out with um, twenty. What uh, she had a uh, led both teams of eighteen digs. Uh, she tallied seventeen or more digs in the last three matches. Um, I thought she she continues to play at a really high level defensively as well. Yeah, and Elena Baca with 20 kills. I mean, it's, you know, I think we actually hit better than Baylor technically, but in those close games, it's just the little things. I know Susie Fritz mentioned that um, in a post game talking to D. Scott. So, um, yeah, it's just the little things. Again, they got Texas on Friday. They need to pick up some wins here if they want to move up the Big 12 standings. Uh, let's go ahead and go around the Big 12, John. Um, we can start. I mean, there are only, you know, three other games besides ours. Um, so I want to start in order of the, uh, of what, of when the game started. So, yeah, I was going to go KU Baylor first. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, KU, you know, they're de- I don't know how much we learned their defense is trash. They almost, you know, 28 to three came back against Baylor, but God, I mean, we were watching that first half of the game for KU could not have been a bigger disaster. Just, you know, could not stop Baylor's offense at all. You know, you're turning the ball over all over the place. But, you know, they almost came back, but Dave Aranda finally got his team, whipped his team into shape, you know, scored a touchdown to make it a 12-point game, and uh, Baylor comes out on top 35-23. Well, just like Kansas's uniforms, uh, they, they were – it was an ugly – it was pretty much an ugly start. They managed to make things a little bit interesting in the second half thanks to a lot um, – a few – turnovers and um a, a few deep passes from jason bean as well that kind of got ku back in the game um 
I mean, of course, there's no other college football program yells 23, I mean, 28 to three more than Baylor based on what we've seen in the past. Um, but, you know, Dave Aranda, he got his guys to step up late in the game. It was a must win for Baylor. I mean, if Baylor lost that game, there would have been a lot of issues moving forward. But, you know, unlike Matt Rule, he was able to step up at the, uh, when the time mattered and um, they got the ball back. They scored, they scored late with like under under eight or seven minutes to go. And well, actually maybe less than that, but um, they uh, they got a big win out of it and somewhat keep him uh, alive in contention for the big 12 uh, for the big 12 title race. Yeah, they're, they're at two losses in the big 12 right now at two and two. They're four and three overall Baylor is um, they've got at Texas Tech at Oklahoma. Um, you know, two teams that they could beat, you know, maybe get bowl eligible because they're ending the season, you know, K-State, TCU at Texas. Uh, that's a pretty tough three-game stretch to end the season for Baylor. KU's on a bye next week. Um, let's go ahead and move on to this next game. <laughs> Probably not going to talk about it that much. Texas Tech, West Virginia. Woo! Man. Oh, man, 48 to 10, Texas Tech, the final score. <laughs> Baron Morton is, I mean, he could ball. And then, you know, I mean, Taj Brooks with 107 yard, 107 yards on 17 carries, two touchdowns. So Roger Thompson got in the end zone as well. Xavier White balled out. Um, this Texas Tech team collided up. West Virginia is, uh, yikes. I, I, I'm trying not to take anything away from Texas Tech's big win, but in no ways in hell. Uh, I'm sorry, heck. And uh, no, no ways is – was Texas Tech able to beat West what should have been able to beat West Virginia 48 to 10. I mean, that was, that was Neil Brown's coaching tenure in a nutshell. I mean, in one game right there, I mean, there's nothing, I mean, absolutely nothing Neil Brown can say after, after that performance that was made acceptable. Um, he is now 20 and 22 overall as a head coach. I mean, he, he's not going to make a bowl game, but here's the problem for West Virginia. His buyout is eighteen million dollars. I mean, you have to you have to give him eighteen million dollars just for him to not even work. I mean, it's just. I mean, it, it's it's programs like Texas A and M, Michigan State, and West Virginia when they pay when they when they see a successful season, it's like, all right, uh, we're gonna we're gonna give you this crap ton of money, and the buyout's gonna be extended, uh, and then the next thing you know. The next thing you know, uh, I mean, you, you're just seeing uh, uh, many teams disappoint. I mean, with all these bad performances, and I um, mean, JT Daniels, he had a bet, he had the worst game of the season. He threw three interceptions. Uh, CJ Donaldson, uh, he, he uh, one of his fumble fumbles made it uh, four turnovers on the day. Um, the defense just had no answer for Texas Tech up Tech's offense. They gave up 600 yards. It was just a bad performance on West Virginia. Um, but Texas Tech, I mean, I mean, they're, they're, they're still in the mix as well. Two losses in conference play. Um, Julie McGuire, especially um, the defense, slowly but surely starting to look a lot better under uh, under his uh, under uh, his schemes and all that. So. Um, Big win for Texas Tech, but I I mean it, this just tells me more about uh the direction West Virginia is going than it is more of Tech's improvement. Yeah, I would definitely agree on that. Texas Tech going up against Baylor um in their next game. Let's go ahead and move on 
um, to uh, the biggest game besides our game, John, uh, Oklahoma State, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, Oklahoma State were the ones doing the comebacking this time, um, able to come down from uh, 21-10 to, uh, beat Oklahoma, or to beat Texas 41-34. Pretty exciting game. Um, you know, could have gotten game day if we did our part because Oklahoma State did theirs, but Oklahoma State pulls it out against Texas. Texas now with two losses in the Big 12, three overall, but um, still college football playoff hopeful. Uh, I mean, you, you, you pretty much said it. I mean, even with even with the defense not having their best day, I mean, Oklahoma State's never had a, a, had a great defensive day with, with the way it's been this season. Um, but Spencer Sanders really carried the offense. Like he, I mean, he, even with a, with a bad shoulder, I mean, he was able to guide this team, uh, late in the game. I mean, it was, it, it was a big win for them. Uh, what, uh, what was it? Oh, geez. Like I'm trying to find, but you, you, you saw, you said the stats, right? Um, dang it. I didn't have the stats for, this for game. whom for Sanders. Uh, yeah, for Sanders. Oh, yeah, I can give them to you. 34 of 57 for 50. 391 yards. 391 yards. Texas Tech um, Patrick Mahomes numbers. Those are Patrick Mahomes numbers. I mean, those are Hendon Hooker numbers as well. Um, I mean, and, and Texas played pretty well for the first half, but, I mean, we every time late in the, uh, in the second half, Quinn Ewers just – he just overthrew so many of his wide receivers – he won 19 of 49 and threw three interceptions. I mean, that's just not, that's just not impressive at all. I mean, that's just as average as it could possibly be. Yeah, but, I, was, but one, I was telling Ace, it looks like Bazooka Joe out there with those kind of numbers. <laughs> Joe Hubner. He, he's right. definitely had some 19 of like 40 type games. The, the difference that I see from this game is, well, I mean, everybody's going to point out to the penalties. Texas had 14, yeah. Oklahoma State had zero. Um, but besides all that, the lack of Texas offense in the second half and the defense just wearing down, um, they just they just couldn't do anything late, uh, late in Stillwater. And, and, and let me tell you, um, I mean, we were, we were over at Tanner's uh, um, before TCU and K-State kicked off. Like I was, I was listening to the game through a TV. That might be the loudest I heard Boone Pickens Stadium through a TV set. Like not even Bedlam can compare to like uh, not even last year's Bedlam game compared to that. I mean, it was it sounded incredibly loud in there. But um, um, a big win for Oklahoma State makes this game a little bit more better uh, when it comes to a little more national relevance. I mean, I, again, you would wish for game day, but. Um, I mean, you, 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 you'll take what you get. Uh, what a, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> John, let's talk about the big 12 standings. Cause with, with the one, it's pretty much a, a three-way race now. Um, it's just, or it's just, you know, TCU, us and Oklahoma state, you know, Texas can sneak in there. They're still at two losses. Um, you know, Baylor and Texas tech are at two losses, but based on what you've seen, they're probably not, you know, they're hypothetically still in there, but not real contenders. Um, you need, you need Texas to beat, you know, T, uh, you know, K state and then uh TCU later on, if they want to have shots at a big 12 title. So well, the, one, the one thing for sure is that there's going to be a lot of Texas fans cheering for uh K state to beat Oklahoma state. And, um, I'm, I think Kyle, I'm like pointing to this on Twitter, they'll, they would need to beat K state by 14. Um, if, if that whole scenario like goes 
as their plan in order for Texas to really take the tiebreaker um, from both K-State and Oklahoma State. But um, if I would have to divide like in, into tiers right now, I'd probably put TC in its own tier and then K-State and Oklahoma State like right below it. And then Texas probably in its own tier. I mean, you probably have Baylor and Texas Tech fighting, fighting around the middle as well. Um, I, I just, I mean, dude, we're, we're seven games seven to eight games into the season, we're still seeing Oklahoma at the bottom. Like, I mean, I, I just can't get enough of that. Um, neither is Iowa State. Like, I mean, okay. So the two the two worst teams in the Big 12, Oklahoma and Iowa State, they both had a bye and they're playing each other next week. Man, <laughs> if Oklahoma loses to Iowa State, that is going to be – that is going to be big because you're talking about a three-way tie for last place. <laughs> In the Big 12 with Oklahoma, West Virginia, and Iowa State. So, oh, um, my gosh. I mean, that, that's not the most important story, but wanted to point that out. But, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of big games coming up uh, with the top five to six teams. You know, TCU, they still got to go through Texas, Baylor, and Texas Tech. Uh, Oklahoma State, they're, they're wrapping up their three-game schedule with TCU, uh, Case, uh, Texas, and K-State. K-State's still in the middle of their – three-game stretch for TC, Oklahoma State, and Texas. Uh, and then, Bay- I mean, Baylor's Baylor's getting a big opportunity. They're hosting both TCU and K-State at home. Um, maybe that'll help them out at, as well. Um, so, I mean, there's still plenty of football to be played, and it's going to get a lot more a lot more interesting as it goes. I mean, and, I, and I'll point this out as well. The Big 12 and the Pac-12, like, I mean, you look at them as, like, really similar, like, they got – four really good teams but you know for sure like like well this will likely go more towards the big 12 but the conference is so deep like anybody can beat anybody on a given day i mean we we point that out during basketball season we'll point that out during uh i don't know women's basketball season um i mean and now football season i mean it's just absolutely insane. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. You don't have the, the bigger dog at the top, and and now you're seeing uh, a, a lot of these teams. And TCU still undefeated. Don't get me wrong. Like, like they're they, but they're not like the ultimate like big dog, um, like what we've seen from Oklahoma in, in years past. So I don't know. It, it, dude, I'm just really excited to see how this how the rest of the season unfolds. Yeah, the Pac-12 definitely has its share of bottom feeders that are just, I mean, Colorado, Arizona State, Stanford, Arizona, Cal, Washington State. I mean, those are all just like did you did you see did you see the Stanford crowd yesterday? Yeah, that is pathetic. That is pathetic. Why would Arizona State want to be in in a conference with no attend with no fans at all when they can go to when they can go to a, a football stadium? That has a 102 percent percent capacity rate, yeah, and get the best uh, fan experience, and well, in at least the, the Big 12 with K State, um, exactly. Which I'm sure people who have traveled to you know Iowa State stadiums and TCU stadiums have realized that K State really does have the best fan experience in the Big 12, and it's like you know over 100 people just working their ass off to um, make all that stuff happen. It just it's just absolutely insane, and it's a privilege to be a fan of this team with such a great fan experience, John, let's go ahead and get out of here. It's a little late. Get out of here. It's been, it's been, it's been a long weekend. It, yeah. it got a little bit longer last night, but yeah. you know what? I'm, I'm ready to, 
focus on our new i'm ready to get back on track get a look at, at what we uh power statuses of our players are and just focus on oklahoma state it's a must-win game uh, it's going to be packed this saturday and we'll have everything you need to know uh this upcoming friday live on wildcat 91.9 whoa that was an insane tease wow. I, have, I have goosebumps well, John, this pod has been whack. Um, I definitely need to go back and watch the film, you know, so I can improve and execute better. Um, talk with my coach, talk with my coaching staff and the scouts. Uh, it's okay. Um, I need to improve as well. <laughs> oh man, yeah, we'll have a we'll talk about that in our post game pod press conference. Um, yeah, we'll take questions from the media. But anyway, yeah, like John said, we we'll live this Friday at six on Wildcat ninety one nine. Should have a guest from Oklahoma State to help us preview. Um, make sure you're following us on Twitter at shaking Blake seven, eight, five, uh, make sure, you know, if you're listening on Apple podcasts, silly review and rating and cats by 90 cats by 90. Ima. Ima.